Hi, uh, this is Dan Woods of Early Adopter Research. I'm here at the Neo4j GraphConnect conference. It's on September 20th in New York City at the Marriott Marquis. I'm here with Alistair Green and Stephen Plantico. Uh, they are uh, working at Neo4j and are helping to lead the formation of the GraphQL uh, new standard for uh, graph query languages. It, the intention is that GQL will be a, if, 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 their work, if their efforts are successful, GQL will be like SQL in that it will be a declarative language uh, for querying graph databases. Um, would you introduce yourselves and your, tell me your titles? Sure. So uh, I'm Alistair Green. I, I lead the Neo4j query languages team, and I'm also involved in the product management of uh, products that use the Cypher language within Neo4j. Uh, hi, I'm Stefan Plantico. I'm also a product manager for the Neo4j Cypher. Uh, I also am part of the language uh, query standards team, and I have a long history both as Neo4j engineering and the design of the Cypher query language. So, Alistair and Stefan, um, what I'm curious about is why bother with this? Because you went from Cypher to OpenCypher, and then OpenCypher actually did achieve some significant traction with other companies adopting it as a graph query language, because uh, Cypher is declarative language. Mm -hmm. So why bother going to this next step to create GQL? Well, I think um, OpenCypher certainly had successes, and there are about 10 implementations, four or five of which are commercial products, um, in addition to Neo4j's original um, implementation of Cypher. But um, we, we, Cypher and the OpenCypher project have been accompanied by other initiatives which are actually very close and, and, and sort of parallel with what we've been trying to do with OpenCypher. So there's a language that Oracle have called Property Graph uh, Query Language, uh, sorry, Property Graph Query Language, PGQL. Um, there was some very interesting work that went on amongst a group of, of academics and, and people who are involved in industry, including ourselves, um, on a research language called GCore, where people were thinking about ways in which graph querying could be, um, you know, improved, new features that could be involved, that could be brought into into existence, and so forth. And our feeling was that um, we really needed to try and get to a point where all of these initiatives were under the same umbrella, and that we were truly collaborating on a more permanent basis. Um, if we were actually going to get a single standard language. And that Cypher, OpenCypher had helped uh, in the process of, 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 of stimulating thinking about having a standard, but on its own it wasn't going to make that, you know, we weren't going to be able to make that, that sort of the overall step, the final step towards a, a, a true uh, you know, international standard, formal standard language. So um, the other aspect, I think, is uh, that played into that is there's a lot of innovation going on. There's a lot of thinking going on amongst all the people who are involved in these three languages and also in people who are working on property graph extensions in SQL. Um, people are thinking about new features for the graph query language. And it felt like if we came together, we could have one place where we could work on those innovations. And rather than it being separated out, that com the community would begin to consolidate and would have a single focal point for new developments. And, and I, would, I, would, I would at the third point, uh, something that is not to be underestimated is also here the goal for GQL to be based on the foundations of SQL. And you know that of course is in the cypher, while Cypher is close to those, it is not 100% comp compatible with that story. So this of course in itself is of high value to the industry, right? If you think about tools vendors who have you know built all the stacks against the existing semantics of SQL, etc., etc., right? So uh, 
going for a language that is very closely aligned with SQL, we expect to give large traction, help massively with adoption, and have benefits also of that kind. Right? Okay, so then to to essentially like start the story from the beginning, you've got Neo4j, which is a graph database company, and it created Cypher, which mm -hmm. is a declarative graph query language, um, and then OpenCypher was created as a, a way to um, uh, bring other people into the party and have a, 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 a independent standards sort of process for it. Yep. And then, in addition, you have all of these other um, things going on that you mentioned, the SQL property graph stuff, the G-Core research project, uh, and Oracle's property graph query language. And all of that stuff is going on, and then this effort is, is, to say, is, is, is an effort to say, hey, let's bring it all together. And so, so now, um, what you mentioned something very interesting about the SQL foundations, and we're going to return to that. But um, why would this be important for somebody who is a, like making a decision right now about choosing a graph database? What, what is the what is what is the kind of time frame for this to become relevant to people who are actually going to be investing in graph technology right now? Well, I, I think the relevance for you know, potential users and customers of graph database products or graph database services is that it makes it easier to enter into this new category of data management. I mean, you know, graph databases, property graph databases in particular, have become much more mainstream and they're being used you know, in the majority of sort of leading companies in finance or insurance or te you know, amongst telcos and so on and so forth, retail. But it's still a very new and a very small proportion, it's a new category and a small proportion of the database market. And so everybody who's involved in this, whether they be enthusiasts and you know, out there in, 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 amongst, in, 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 you know, in, in an enterprise company or people wanting to actually push this new model, whether they be a graph database vendor, has an interest in, in having the same, the same kind of maturity that you have in the relational database market with a standardized language. And, and it's kind of like an analogy to how SQL came into being or how it became a standard. To begin with, there was a language competition in, you know, in the world of relational database you know, data management. Um, and eventually that resolved to a single language because it made it easier for everybody. It made people feel more confident about making going into graph data management but not necessarily committing themselves forever to a single vendor. I see. It, you make them more comfortable going into SQL data management. Well, with 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 the, with the relational in the relational database case, the fact that SQL emerged as the standard made made it easier for people to say, okay, we're going to go with this relational world. We're going to have choices about who the vendors are. We're going to have some level of possibility of, of you know changing our minds or pick, or having multiple you know databases in our, which is a very common case, you know, within our sort of estate, um, because we we've got the same skill set that we can apply. You know, if we're running Oracle and we're running SQL Server, then you know we've got lots of people who can actually understand how to do database administration or how to do data modeling and so forth because there's a standard platform. That helped the relational database market become predominant and take over from prior you know, hierarchical network um, models. With graph data management, we have the same sort of situation. That it's, an, it's early days, there are lots and lots of entrants into the market, um, lots of people are getting very interested in using this technology. That all creates a pressure towards having a standard language because then Things like tooling can develop more easily. ETL vendors, data modeling vendors, you know, can get into this into this environment and, and, and have a simpler t 
target for their efforts and a, and a better payback on their investment. And that's all good for customers. I mean, the customers then end up getting the kind of ecosystem developing around graph database products that they are familiar with when they look at their existing you know, SQL databases. And so, from a selfish point of view, Neo4j is saying, look, if we're good citizens and we create a new standard, it's going to make everybody easier, it's going to make it easier for everybody to adopt graphs, and that will be good for us. Yeah, and, and we've always said that, we said exactly that, that we, you know, we're not just, we, you know, we're a commercial company, but it's in, our com it's in our commercial interest to expand the property graph database market as a whole. So we welcome the new entrants into the market. We know we're going we're gonna to be a company with competition. We know that's good to be a company with competition. We want a much bigger market, and we're happier with a smaller share of a bigger market. And, and we think that the, 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 this the mass adoption of graph database technology cannot happen unless there is a single standard language that occupies the same kind of niche that SQL does for right. relational data. And, and so the victory here you're looking for is the same victory that happened with SQL. You're looking to repeat yeah. that in the graph world. Yes, and, 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 we, and, and because of that, we think that um, we have a very strong interest in, and other, other vendors have a very strong interest in collaborating. We're, not, we're competing on the, you know, the, our products, uh, their features, how well they do the job. You know, we compete on issues like price and so forth, but on the standard, on the on this issue of creating a level playing field for the sort of the, the tooling that you use to access the database, insert data into the database. Um, this is something we can collaborate on legitimately as competitors, um, and we've all got an interest in seeing that market expand. And I think that that recognition is also present, you know, out there amongst. Uh, those vendors who are who are uh, either in this market or, or planning to enter this market, people are you know seeing it's worth the time. That this has got to a point where graph databases are being taken seriously enough um, by enough people, you know, as buyers, that it's it justifies putting the investment into trying to create a standard like this. So the the goal, though, as Stefan pointed out, is not just to replicate the victory of SQL as a standard, but and not only to bring together all the innovations in the other related projects, but this is very interesting. It was You said it was also to bring together and reuse some of the work that has been done to define uh, the SQL standard. What do you, what did, how, did, how would that work? What do you mean by that? Well, um, to, to, to give concrete examples, right, I mean, uh, SQL, right at the at the at the bottom of it, right has a lot of very essential things that have been defined a long time ago, and that the whole database industry essentially agrees on, such as data types, the semantics of primitive functions, right, uh, expression language, and a lot of these aspects, right, have been proliferated into the ecosystem in tools, right, in people's understanding right in terms of you know how how much effort do I want do I have to make as a as a DBA or as a developer in order to learn a new language right I mean I have to learn the graphic bits obviously but it would be really nice if I don't have to learn you know in new new data types and new function language you know new function names and, and things like that right? and trying to kind of piggyback on that is ultimately just fueling into the same goal that Alistair outlined to help the market in adopting graph technology in the standardized way you know, with as much, with, with as little friction as possible, right? to kind of remove the friction, to remove the effort getting into property graphs, to build on established graphs, not reinvent the wheel where it already has been sufficiently invented, and and take these solid foundations and combine them with the new and exciting ideas from the property graph world to make that go off, right? 
Got it. And I think there's another aspect. I mean, it's like, if you look at the SQL property graph querying, uh, query extensions, well, they're starting off from the from the following sort of uh, you know, premise, which is, we, okay, let's let's define a thing called a, gra a graph object. We can show how that relates to existing tabular data in the SQL database. Once we've got that graph object, let's run these complex uh, graph pattern matching operations, which have proved to be a very, very concise way of, ex of expressing very complicated joins, um, and all kinds of, and, and, com and, and simple ways, very concise ways of expressing complex pro predicates within the context of those joins. Use all of that to extract from that graph view of the data a tabular view that then can be inserted and brought back into a SQL query, like the select, you can sort of fill the content of a select statement in SQL, and then that can flow into the normal course of using SQL. So there you've got an actual interoperation between the two languages, and, and a very productive one. Um, and uh, you know, that, that's a valuable thing to achieve. So there's, there's this aspect of coexistence and interoperation between languages which are well suited to their own data model, but need to be able to communicate back and forth. And you can imagine that happening in both directions. And so I think that idea of SQL and GQL as almost as twins, you know, very, very closely related, with a very high level of understanding of each other, is, is a kind of a model which we think is very, very appealing to customers because we're not, we're not therefore saying change your entire world. We're saying extend your world, make your world richer than it is at the moment, but don't lose what you've already got. And, and in, a, in a way, Morpheus is, so the Morpheus project of Neo4j is sort of a proof of concept of that inside of Spark using the elements that you talked about to do exactly the same thing in a Spark context. Yeah, and it's sort of, it's, people have asked, well, why are we looking at some of these newer features like uh, multiple name graphs or compositional queries where you can project a graph out of a query first in the Spark environment? Why is that not happening, first of all, in Neo4j? And actually, one of the reasons is very simple. Exactly as you say, it's, been a, it's, it's an environment that's given us a lot of existing context for thinking, for experimenting with and, and proving some of the ideas that we've been talking about, including this interaction with SQL. Uh, and it's also simpler than having a full-scale, uh, you know, um, you know, genuine sort of OLTP database that does update and deletion operations and so forth. We've been able to deal with a subset of the problem first and get some of the ideas straight by working in that sort of immutable data environment of Spark. But on the language level, it, it has enabled us to see how SQL and a language like Cypher, which would be one of the contributing inputs to, a, to the standard GQL language, how those languages can play together. Now, is there anybody that has any objections to the idea of GQL? Uh, I mean, uh, because I guess I can, I can see one group saying, wait, I want to implement graph algorithms and a declarative language isn't going to help me do that. Or I want to make sure that whatever gets implemented has the equivalent of like stored procedures you know, or something like that, and instead of not defining those, shouldn't we define those? I mean, is there anybody that's uh, that's saying this is this is a bad idea, or you should do you should be having a different vision? Well, I think that I can think of two two groups of people who have some level of reservation. Um, one group is probably in the Gremlin community, and that's because there's a long-standing discussion and a long-standing feeling within the Gremlin community and it's by no means uniform and, they've been, and I think I've seen all kinds of different you know, views being expressed but there is a view that the idea of a declarative query language which is sort of a separately stated language 
away from the your normal you know general purpose programming language that you're using is not a good pattern it's not a good model so it's almost like saying the model of SQL the idea of a declarative language which has the same kind of separation from you know Java or Scala or you know or, or you know, uh, Python or whatever um, that's just not a good thing to do it's not a good idea we're not convinced it's the best way to build applications and that's completely fair enough I mean we're trying to address people who do want to have a declarative query language for graphs that plays the same role as SQL, right? So that, that's one case. The other case is obviously that you know, historically um, graph data management originally started, really grew up around uh, the RDF triple store concept where properties were not present on the elements of the graph and if you wanted to express a sort of mini tree of, you know, of a set of properties with respect to a node, you'd actually have to have a, a full-blown piece of the graph to actually express that. Um, and so that, that you know that world is a different way of looking at graph data management. With a, with a, and, and and I think there is there is definitely um, thinking going on. I think it has gone about how could RDF and Sparkle actually acquire the ability to, to deal with properties. And so, uh, but that's not actually been expressed as opposition to this idea. In fact, interestingly enough, what's actually ha started to happen is a conversation between, if you like, the GQL community, the people who are looking at this from a property graph perspective and exactly those people who think about properties with respect to RDF and Sparkle. And that, and that conversation, you know, we're trying to actually, you know, foster a, that conversation and encourage it and look again at, at finding productive boundaries between these two worlds, which are, neither of them is going to go away, but they need to, to work out how to live together. And uh, on the point of, on, of analytics, I mean, we're currently in a phase where discussions have started as surfaced, you know, by by the emergence of documents and the ISO process around the topic, what the scope for GQL should look like, and certainly it is being discussed to what extent analytics might play a role. One thing that I foresee will likely happen is an ability to call out to analytics procedures, which at least gives a you know gives the capability to hook in existing analytics stacks. And if you look at the input languages like Cypher and PGQL, they both have that, right? And Neo4j we have the graph analytics library for such endeavors. PGQL does a similar thing. Uh, that's one direction. Another direction is I think that the that the final answer on what is the correct way of expressing uh, graph analytics and graph computation in a declarative language isn't, hasn't been given. There's uh, there's a lot of ideas around that. If you look in the whole, you know, Gunwar, Pragel in that camp, and there are other models, etc., etc. But I think that's certainly a very interesting area. Also, you know, we should continue to look at that and potentially also ultimately pull it into GQL. So I think that uh, it would be wrong to to close the scope of GQL to just just right. I mean, there's a lot of features there already. Declarative property graph querying in the classic sense of Cypher, right? The scope could be much wider. Yeah. Is there anything else we should add to this discussion? I think we've really covered a lot. I think I just like to say one thing. I'd like to really emphasize. I mean, obviously, we we work for Neo4j. We spend a lot of time. Neo4j is the background for our activities, but this idea of GQL has come about because of the efforts of many, many people, be it in Oracle, be it in the LDBC committee, be it in a sort of people who've come to the Open Cypher community, who've all been working, I think, effectively in the same direction, have come to the realization through two collaborations. One was over GQL, and the other is the work of the SQL property graph querying, that we have far more in common than we have that divides us, and that um, we can work together, and that we want to work together, and we want to have a, a, an, an initiative here which is genuinely based on, on the efforts of multiple vendors, multiple researchers, multiple users. And we have, I think, the 
a growing consensus and a, and a willingness to do that. So this is not a neo for j thing. It is an industry initiative. And so if you start this next summer with the, you know, the, the first working group, how long a process it is before you have version 1.0 of the real standard? It's difficult to say. I think that would be, it would be difficult to imagine. The, it, you could imagine a, a sort of a draft standard that somebody could start to do an initial implementation of maybe within a year. I think of that starting okay. point, and then, then, then there's a conversation between the implementers and the standardizers, and yeah, and it takes go, it takes a while to get to the point of formalization. But I think what actually happens if you look at the sort of SQL standards process is there's an initial period where there's a lot of iteration, successive approximation, argument, etc. Then it sort of steadies up, and that often will take something like eighteen months to two years. And after that, there may be another tail of eighteen months or two years of going through the formal voting process and so on and so forth. But it's all over by the shouting in that first in right, that first right. period and during that first period implementations start to appear so I think that users can begin to see the shape of how GQL will or will not relate to what they can already have in Cypher or PGQL or SQL property graph querying earlier than you know, yeah, probably 20, within, probably, you know 20, 2020 2021 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. good well thank you so much yeah. this has been a lot of fun great thank Thanks. you